Okay, everybody. This is a very, 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 very special episode that I'm sure if you've seen the description, obviously you're listening, some of you are listening because of this guest. And I want to take a minute, and I was, I, was, I was thinking about this. This is the first episode of season three of this show, which means this is our 101st episode, which is kind of crazy. And it's all come full circle, Kirsten, because the inspiration for this show two years ago was Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert. And his very first guest was his wife, Kristen Bell. And they got in a fight on their first podcast episode. If you remember this, it's really funny. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, that's probably what it would be like if Kristen came on my podcast. <laughs> so we'll see if we can um, either either defy expectations or meet expectations. So, so interesting that here we are, season three, 2022. And this episode is kind of full circle into the original inspiration for this thing. So... Without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce, man, I mean, how do you introduce your spouse? I mean, that's not the only thing she's, so I say like, Kirsten is uh, my best friend. Obviously, she's my wife. She's the mother of our two children, which I talk a lot about here in the podcast. Besides the personal stuff, she, and which we're going to get into a lot of personal stuff today, she's a business badass, uh, boss lady, lots of years. She's an expert in travel. She's an expert in digital marketing and strategy and uh, an amazing people person and here today with me on episode 101. Welcome, Kirsten, to the show. Finally. Wow. Thank you for the the, the nice intro. I'm a little bit nervous that you're looking to get in a fight. So No, I we said we're going to defy expectations. <laughs> we're going to defy expectations today. Okay. For anybody who's listening to this who knows us both, they're like, it seems very probable that there will be a fight, probably because Jason will pick it. <laughs> Also, we are almost two years into the pandemic, yeah. having not left each other. So that's all. That's, I would say that's also true. The 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 threads are are short at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually recording this remotely from each other right now, not too far remotely, but you know, this is maybe this is like a little break, but we're still seeing each other. So I know that you've listened to my podcast, you've shared it out, you know what's about to happen. Gonna be a lot of fun. I think I'm gonna learn some things about you today that I potentially don't know, which would be interesting. And I think you might learn something about me. So do you, I think you got some good stuff coming. So should we just kick it off, Kirsten? Yeah. But as, the other thing I'll say is it's so funny because I have so many guests who come on from like PR agents or booking agencies that I literally have never spoken to before we get on and we connect for about two to three minutes, get to know each other, and then we're here. And then the person that I've definitely spent more time and created two children with in my life than my wife. So now we, it's interesting to see how this this conversation is going to go compared to how some of them like, oh, we just get to know each other in the line. I'm like, we know each other quite well. The goods, the bads, the <laughs> uglies. And the bads and the uglies are mostly on my side, I'll admit it. So, all right, Kirsten, are you ready? Step I'm into ready. the Talking to Cool People studio. Here we go. First question for you. And I actually don't know what, how you're going to answer. By the way, for those listening, none of this is rehearsed or prepared. I have no idea what you're going to answer for any of these. And I have no idea what you're going to ask me later on. So here we go. So Kirsten, what's something that you nerd out about? I well, before you before you go there, I will say it is not rehearsed together. But I am prepared because you're I don't show well, up unprepared, as we've already true. discussed. Well, that might be something you nerd <laughs> out about is showing up prepared. <laughs> um, I've had to learn to prepare through my career, but um, I have a couple of things. As I was as I was contemplating this question, a couple of things popped uh, to mind, and I would say. The first one um, that I totally nerd out about is travel and airplanes. Um, yep. I know I love flying. I love airplanes. I love the technology behind planes. 
Um, I love visiting destinations. I love knowing, you know, secret things about different destinations. I know almost all of the airport codes in the United States. You do? <laughs> um, I yeah, I didn't know that. I do. Um, I know way too much about aircraft, uh, specifically Airbus, Embraer, Boeing planes. I worked at an airline for five years, as Jason knows intimately well. I know intimately Actually, well. Actually, fun, fa fun fact, we met when I was working at an airline, and Jason didn't have a passport. This and is I true. said, well, if you're going to date me, you need a passport immediately. Um, and our, I would say like, you know, our first four years of our relationship was basically a big vacation, which was kind of Yeah, fun. it was pretty awesome. Going, I, going a bunch true. of different places. It's all very um, true. So anyways, I would say I really nerd out about travel and airplanes and airport codes and all of that stuff. It's sort of in my blood, um, because it is a career path I've also chosen, um, and I also just love, I, I, we have intimately spent a lot of time in the Caribbean. So I love yes. and nerd out about the different islands and destinations, which I, I will say has made the pandemic quite challenging because yes. I have not been on a plane since March 6th of 2020. We haven't seen um, blue, like blue ocean. Neither of us have seen blue ocean in over two years. And we, we go to the Caribbean, except for, I think when our daughter was less than a year, we go every year to somewhere because we both love like the blue Caribbean white sand beaches. So yes, it's been, it's been, it's been a hot minute, as they say. A hot minute. Um, so that's one thing, which I don't know if that, I mean, it doesn't surprise you now that I said it, I would assume, but no, I, I'm feeling the need to my answer. I'm feeling the need to pop quiz you on an airport just to see if this is true. <laughs> oh no. You ready? Um, I mean, I, yes, but I haven't had to type them in in a long time. That's true. Bought travel. So you ready? ask me an easy one. Well, I don't know. I've been to this one a few times in the last. This is like the only place I've been besides Minneapolis. So Nashville. I actually don't know if I know Nashville because it was not a destination that my airline flew to. Yeah, I think they do now, but I, I'm actually not sure what it is either. But it it's weird because it is not. It doesn't really relate to the word Nashville. Like it does. Yeah. It's like some. It's just random. It seems kind of loud. I think it's got a B in it. So I don't know. We'll have to look it up later. But cool. Yeah. So cool. anyway. So can I share one other thing? This is sort of my pandemic nerding out. I don't Please. know if Jason will, will remember this, but the second thing that I've nerded out on in the pandemic um, is cooking and baking. True. Um, we went from we went from ordering, I would say, 60% of our meals yeah. from Seamless Web, yeah. maybe 60% of our meals from Seamless Web, um, to cooking one, almost 100% of our meals. We might get a pizza here and there, but like, we're pretty much cooking everything. Um, and so I actually don't know if you know this, but I have a Google doc that I started at the beginning of the pandemic called recipes 2020, um, where I save all of the recipes, um, that I've, I've cooked and liked. And then I also have a section of recipes I want to try. And, and I have sort of a section of non-recipe dinners and lunches so that I can like just remember what we enjoy so that we don't get stuck in a rut. Yeah. Um, and I very much appreciate so, that. I did not know about the yeah. Google Doc, but I very much appreciate <laughs> that we have a little bit of variety. Not a ton of variety because I don't think either of us care that much about a ton of variety, but we have enough and there's been some really spectacular meals over the last almost two years that we've, I don't think we would have, I don't think we would have cooked if we were in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, so I would say like, you know, that's two nerding out one. I love Google docs and I have Google Docs for like everything. Um, and then two, I've really enjoyed 
adding creativity to cooking. Um, and so, you know, it was something that used to not bring me joy. And I think it brings me um, a bit of joy knowing that I can feed our family healthy, local type food. And then I would say also in the last six months, I'm like a year and a half behind everybody else. But in the last six months, I've also really, you know, focused on bread making and specifically sourdough bread making. Um, and that's been really fun because I've tested a bunch of different recipes. I've tried a bunch of different flours and flour combinations. And we've been eating a lot of bread. Yeah, so you've been killing the bread game for sure, which our daughter... I've talked about Hannah on the show quite a bit. Hannah is obsessed <laughs> with sourdough bread. She doesn't like a lot of things, but she loves mommy's bread. So that's really, that's good. Yeah. And she has told me that she likes it best because it's made with love. So of course I'm like not going to not make her yeah. love bread, I mean, is what she on. calls it. But I will be taking a slight bread hiatus in 2022. <laughs> just jump, just jump start, you know, into my next major birthday. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. But Kirsten. All right, I'm excited for these questions. I I literally have no idea what how you're going to answer either of these. So curious about um, talking about your comfort zone. What's something that is easy for you or comfortable for you that you know is uncomfortable for somebody else? Okay, so this is a fun one because this is this is sort of my jam and my superpower, and I love and it's not comfortable for you, Jason. Oh specifically. boy. Do you know what I'm going to say? It's something about like either multitasking or, man, I don't know. It's something along. Okay. Yeah. So my superpower and something that is absolutely my comfort zone and I sort of like live and guide my life by is vision and goal setting. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I love it. I do it yearly. I reevaluate my vision monthly. I have a calendar invite on my work calendar that just says reevaluate my vision. Um, it's become my go-to for, I have become the go-to for many, many people in my life to support their process of vision and goal setting, to help them think it through. Um, I have people in my life that help me, um, but it has really be, it is really something that I love, I live by, um, and I've really seen the power of, and it's completely inside my comfort zone to try to think big about where I want the future of my life to go um, and our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say that is something that I would consider in my comfort zone, not in others comfort zone. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that's, I'm working on that. It's getting easier as I work on myself and all those, but I've always been somebody historically, I want to know the how, and I don't think you care so much about like the nitty gritty, the how it's going to get done. You care about the end destination, which I also thinks, think makes you, I, I've read this somewhere that it's like 85% of the world or maybe it's maybe it's just like um, employees in the United States are really like the doers, the people that like you're going to give them a task, they're going to do it. And this is really important. I was always kind of that person because those are the kind of roles I had. I am finding myself shifting more to the visioning because I have more control over what I, I don't, I don't get told what to do. I have to tell myself what to do. And of course, sometimes Kirsten tells me what to do because that's the way it goes. Um, but yeah, that, and well, and just to say, like, you're being humble, you're actually a certified goals coach. Like you actually got, went through a program to learn how to specifically, it's a little bit ironic, the how of how to do this. But I know this is also something that you really lean into with the people that you work with. Cause a lot of, a yeah. lot of, you work in sales and a lot of salespeople, and you know, I spent, I spent 20 years in sales. I think for salespeople, this is a real, this is a skill that not many people practice because 
they're given a number and then you figure out the how to get to the number, but it's not like most salespeople I know are not that good at this. What, what's been your experience? You work with a lot of salespeople as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say good or not good. Um, I have really been focused with my team on setting up their whole life, not just their sales quota. Um, and when we think about, you know, at work, when we think about business, we think about, you know, transformation, transforming our businesses, not just meeting our quotas, like meeting quotas is just a part of what we do, but the ability to transform businesses, make meaningful impact for our clients, um, you know, do career defining work. Those are the things that we really think about envisioning. And so we take it one to two to three levels up from just like, what is my number? What is my quota? Of course, that can be a part of it, but that is that's not the focus of my vision. And that's not the focus I would say of most people I work, work with mm-hmm. vision. Um, you know, I would also say one thing with visioning is I would really challenge anybody. If you know the how you're not thinking big enough about what is possible mm-hmm. for your life. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. So all of this started for me and Jason, well, me in 2012. And I went to a vision workshop, um, I sort of wrote a mini, I wrote a vision. We spent some time writing and then they asked for somebody to stand up and share one goal that they had that was a part of their vision. And so I volunteered myself. I don't know what came over me and stood up and said, um, I want to buy a house in the Catskill mountains. Um, Jason, I hadn't really spoken to Jason about this, but I spent 20 minutes uh, in front of a group of like 30 of my colleagues um, working through this goal. And so setting timelines around it, setting, um, you know, coming up with ways we're going to save the money and get the bank account sorted and all of that stuff. So I came home and I, you know, figuring out how to tell Jason. So I came over this day and I said to Jason, Hey, I said, I created a vision. Here's what it says. Here's one specific goal that I worked through and we're going to start today. Like we're going to start working on this goal today. So I think what we did was we went into our bank account. We took a thousand dollars out of savings and put it into a separate savings account Correct. for this house fund. Yes. Um, and we set up a bunch of other processes to help us get there. Like, Hey, for Thanksgiving, we're going to go visit some towns. And we did a couple different visits and mm-hmm. some builders, et cetera. Um, and you know, what I think is back to the point of thinking big, um, I had set this as a five-year goal and we ended up buying our house 11 months after I declared the goal, mm-hmm. uh, both in front of work colleagues, but also to Jason. And so that has been a big kick for me to really focus on thinking big and yeah. like not selling myself short. Because obviously if I can hit a goal in 11 months that I thought would take me five years, I'm not thinking big enough about what's possible. Yeah. Um, and so I would say if you have the map to get there, it's not a big enough vision. Yeah. And the moral of this story is also, it's good to have a husband who knows how to do stuff. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, so what are the 84 moving parts to make this happen? And then I went into my logistics mode and figured it out. So, And yes. I would say that is, that is a good part of partnership. Because that is a good part of partnership. My, yeah. That's not my strength. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here's the vision, hand it over to me. And I'm like, okay, let me think about this. All right. Yeah. So Kirsten, other side of the coin here, something that is outside of your comfort zone it's going to be inside of somebody else's. Um, this was not in my my questions prep. 
Well, it is. <laughs> um, the attention to um, detail is lacking because it is. So here we go. Oh, and vice versa. I did not read the vice versa. Um, See, you're learning a lot about our personalities right here in the live on the air. <laughs> um, I would say like the execution, like execution is hard for me, not because I can't, but because I like to think big and like the details aren't, aren't like where I want to spend my time because I don't see it as, as the most valuable, especially if I can like find some like partnership to help me. So, um, so yeah. So like, and it's overwhelming to me too. Like I know vision and goals can be overwhelming to some, like thinking big, what's overwhelming to me is the 75 steps to make something happen or get there. I mean, I, I have to do it for my job, Sure, but like, if I, if I can hand it off, like I'm much better at thinking big and sort of like motivating, um, around a vision and goal versus like the details of exactly how to get there. Yeah. I would say another thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say another thing outside my comfort zone, which is kind of hilarious because I love travel. Um, I am such a nervous flyer. It's true. Some people like love the bumps and I panic with every bump and I don't know how to fix it. And I know Mel Robbins has the like five second rule to like snap herself out of it. And there's many things, but I am such a panicked um, turbulence flyer. Like every time there's major turbulence, I text Jason. Like This is all true. I'm going down. (laughs) Like, it's really crazy. I'm like, turbulence Um, is normal. Doesn't mean anything. On an air, if we're sitting next to each other on an airplane, my eyes bug out of my head and I have to hold his hand and I get like sweaty palms and you can't stand any of that. Which is very ironic because I think in, was it 2019, you did over a hundred thousand miles, didn't you? I mean, you had it, you flew a lot. Oh, I do that. I do that quite, quite a bit. And, um, that's stressful. I mean, the good thing is, it's very stressful. Technology has gotten better on airplanes. Um, I've also flown so much in the U S that I know exactly where we're going to hit turbulence, uh, because there's different, you know, points of pressure where the, the, it always comes. Um, and I generally know like the flight routes that, you know, I not only know that the routes I fly a lot, but also where I should expect turbulence. And then I also am a crazy person and I pull up a turbulence map. Oh my um, God. of the United States on my phone before we leave so that I also have a heads up because like, you know, unexpected turbulence is like really bad for my anxiety. So what you can expected tell here turbulence is... is like slightly better, Yeah. Um, but it would never stop <clears throat> me from flying. I love flying. And like, you know, honestly, if I'm meant to go down on an airplane, like I'm doing something I love and I think it wouldn't be a hard way to fall, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, so anybody so. who wants to know what air, <laughs> airport codes or where you're going to hit turbulence, you know, call contact, me. Contact Kirsten. <laughs> I, I was not thinking about the turbulence thing. All right. So you do a lot Did of. Did you have something you were thinking about for me here? Well, I think the thing that you are very uncomfortable doing is you just don't like talking about yourself or having the spotlight on yourself at all. At least, like, you would much prefer to raise up your team or raise up people around you than be to have the spotlight on you. That is not like you're very hum- I think it comes from your upbringing. You're, you have a lot of humility. It's interesting. It, that is interesting. And, uh, you know, I am a private person. I, I do like being on a stage when I'm yep. prepared and I can talk about like a subject I love, um, and that I'm prepared to speak mm-hmm. about and that I'm an expert in, but I don't like just like, 
you know, I did. I didn't enjoy like walking down our wedding aisle and having everybody I remember. stare at me. Like, or our first that, dance, like I, remember. That, I don't like. I don't like. I don't like that. But like, you know, offer me a stage for work, and I'm I'm there. But don't you know force me to be in the spotlight just as me. Like I wouldn't like. We'll get to this when you say like where can people find you. But I am a private person on social media. Like, you, can't you can't find, find her me. anywhere. Anywhere. You, <laughs> I don't anywhere. I don't want to be a public persona. And I think, you know, influencers are, it's an interesting situation that I would never put myself in. No. I just can't, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle it. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, All right. So uh, on the topic of speaking, I was able to give you five minutes and this show was listened to by the entire world. Or you're on a stage, as you said, you have five, I give you five minutes and only five minutes. This is your five minute Ted talk or whatever you'd call it non-TED Talk that's only five minutes. <laughs> what would you speak about, Kirsten, and what would be your call to action to all of us in the audience at the end of the speech? So we've already talked a lot about this uh, subject, but I would definitely speak on vision and goals mm -hmm. um, because you know I am not an expert, so to speak, so I don't know if anyone would give me a stage, but I do think that it is a powerful tool that everybody should be taking advantage of. And my sort of like quote that I use a lot when I speak about it, um, but also that I would use in a TED talk is if you're not holding the pen and writing your story, you're letting somebody else or you're letting your story be written for you. Mm. And so I personally want to live a life where I'm, I'm holding the pen and writing my story versus letting my story be written for me. And so that would be my call to action would be like, grab the pen. Yeah, that's awesome. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, before we go to a commercial break, I'm curious. For people listening that want to know more about goal setting, do you have any resources, any go-to, either in like a planner? I know you're a big Glennon Doyle fan. Um, there's a lot of amazing resources. Anything that you lean into or that you recommend for you know people you work with or friends? Yes. So um, I actually got my start through um, some tools that Lululemon has on their website. So I don't know if people know this, but Lululemon does not see themselves as a leggings company, but as a uh, vision company. And so they teach everybody in their stores about vision and goals. Everybody who works in a store has their vision posted in a store. Um, and that is how I got connected to vision and goals. And so if you just Google Lululemon um, vision and goals, you can find some of their materials, Excellent. Um, which are awesome. So they have a vision, you know, a vision, they have multiple exercises, but a vision exercise, they have a, a 10 year goals worksheet where you can sort of work backwards on how to hit your goals um, and whatnot. So I would recommend everybody start start there. Awesome. Uh, I'll put a link to all that in the show notes as well. If anybody wants to go check that out, that will be in the show notes. All right, Kirsten, we're going to take a very brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Kirsten, we are back. So this is my big old question that some people love and some people do not like so much. <laughs> it says a lot about their personality. So what else that we haven't learned about you so far do you want us to know about you? This is so funny because it kind of already came up. But 
Um, I said, I don't actually know because I'm such a private person. Exactly. And so this is a question I hate and it's yep. very hard for me. It's taken me, what, a hundred? Where? What is this episode? A hundred and one, Episode 101. It's taken us 101 episodes to get me on this podcast. And I have um, arguably more influence <laughs> or maybe less influence than most other people in your life. So, And I know where to find you. It's, easy, it's a little bit easier to schedule with you. I would say the scheduling was hard. Yeah, the scheduling is hard. Well, okay, that's not true. The scheduling was hard. <laughs> we have two small children. Yes, that's true. It's very hard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess like that I'm private. Well, she's private. <laughs> um, so let me let me give you a little bit more of a prompt here. Um, I think the thing that would be that would be interesting for all of us is to talk a little bit about you know, what led you into travel and what you're doing now? Like, like, what is it specifically about travel? Like, I think you've always been a travel person. You've always been kind of a marketer. Like, what is it that led you down the path that has you on the path now? Um, Honestly, like, I started my career in advertising. Like, I have a degree in PR. Um, so I, I, I like writing. Um, which is very ironic. I, I was going to say, which is interesting and ironic because I have a degree in advertising. <laughs> We have like the same degree pretty much. And I've never done anything yeah. with it at all. And I wanted to move to New York City. So I found a job um, in advertising. Um, and I worked in an ad agency for a little bit. And then honestly, just connections. Yeah. Uh, my boss from the ad agency went to the airline. She was, you know, six months later, she was looking for someone to join her team. Um, I had worked very hard at the ad agency. So she called me and said, Would you like to interview? And that happened. Um, but I, I've grown up loving travel, um, and have been, tra and have had the opportunity to travel a lot. I was an only child. So we had, um, you know, we were a bit more flexible in what we could do, but, you know, between seventh and eighth grade for the entire summer, I went to England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales on like a student trip. Um, I've traveled extensively, you know, with my mom, I did study abroad in college, and so it's just something I've always loved. Yeah. But I think what kept me there was the business of travel. Like, it's not mm. just, you know, when I interview people, if you ask anybody, like, why do you want to work in travel? 100% of the people will say, I love travel. Yeah. But it's, that's not yeah. a good reason to work in travel. No. I want to work, you know, tr travel is a passion for everybody. And I love the ability to help support that. Um, but the business of travel is fascinating also, it and is. The, you know, the reason people want to travel, the, the, the pricing structures, the advertising that you can do, um, to get people excited about something, the, the nuances of the different destinations and differentiation to help people figure out where to go. I've just, I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, and there's also a great group of people that work in travel. So I fell yeah. in love with like the, the networking aspect of it. And yeah. I just just worked it out. Yeah. So that brings me to something I actually wanted to ask you about that just hit me. Um, first of all, I want to give you a shout out. So Kirsten, you actually know all of the metrics that hotels and airlines and like theme parks use to actually do their thing. Like at, at a base level, I think airlines, it's what a uh, dollar per seat mile or something. It's like, that's like the base way to track revenue. Yeah. Rasm revenue per average seat mile. Yeah. Like Kirsten, I, we're not going to get into all this unless you're a travel junkie. Then you connect <laughs> nobody, with Kirsten. nobody wants to but know. Kirsten knows like all of the metrics that hospitality, uh, specifically hospitality, cruise ships, airlines, and theme parks, you know, exactly the things that they track and how they like look at their forecasting and thing. The second thing that I, I want to bring up that, 
that I think makes you quite unique is you're a really good networker and you know a lot of people and you're also really private. Like I know a lot of people, but I'm kind of an open book and a complete extrovert as anybody who's ever listened to the show knows. So like, how do you, um, like, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people in all areas of your life, but you're also very private. How do you do that? Because for me, part of the way I connect is I, I'm pretty open about sharing things about myself. How do you do that? Like, how do you actually create that and have it all work together? It's an interest, interesting question. Um, back to all the metrics. If there's any students listening, I don't know. I guess we don't know exactly what your audience makeup is, but if there are any students listening, the reason I know all of that is I study earnings reports every quarter. Like I love when earnings come out and I read them, I listen to the calls and really understand the business of it. So if you care about the business of travel, (laughs) earnings calls are the best way to understand it. Um, Kirsten, I would just say... Uh, 101 for anybody listening who's in sales, earning calls are the things you should listen to for any industry you sell to or the customers. That, if you're like an enterprise person, and you have named accounts. So everything that you work on and your team works on, it's all named accounts. That's 101 in sales. Just make sure you know what's up with your companies. That's not just you selling to them. Like, how's it going? What are they running into? What are the, what are the, um, the tailwinds, the headwinds, which, you know, I threw a little irony there. Headwinds, tailwinds, airlines. Get it? Oh. Dad joke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like overall, just. Pay attention to what the companies are doing because that'll tell you a lot but about I what they need. But I don't just do that for sales. Like I no. love, I love the business of it. Like yeah. I think it's exciting. I have calendar invites on my calendar when earnings come out. Like I know, like if, if an earnings call is happening at eight a.m., um, you know, on a Tuesday, I'm logging onto my phone to see what the analysts are saying at eight twenty-five. Like that's so. I'm, I'm just into it. I didn't know that about you, and that's so interesting. Oh because- yeah. It's so interesting because it's not like you're like, oh, we need to go invest in this thing. It's not for investment reasons. It's just because you you want to know the business. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just am very interested in the businesses. Um, anyways, how do I have separation? Um, I mean, I'm like a normal human. So if we are mm. connecting on a normal level, I will be open with you. But I am not open to the public. I'm not interested in being judged by people that I don't know. And so I would say, like, I am not standoffish if we're connecting one on one, but I don't want to be followed by strangers. It's <laughs> the big thing. So, so I think that that's that's where I draw uh, a bit of my line. Um, I also don't think that my social channels are that interesting to people that you know don't know me. I mean, it's mostly our kids and our family. Um, so, and I, I like to keep them as private as possible too. Well, this is perfect because you're on a podcast that hundreds of people will listen to and we'll have your social links in the show notes so they can – we're, we're going to create breakthroughs for Kirsten in real time. I, I will not accept you if I don't know you. So. <laughs> uh, I definitely will. Difference between Kirsten and I. <laughs> Hit me up. I'd love to follow you back. This is the way it goes. All right, Kirsten. Thank you. Flip the script. You become the podcast host, which is probably the right time to announce something else we're going to do this year is you – are going to interview me at some point this year on the season. <laughs> oh, finally. I've been asking to do this for a long time. Yeah, because it's much easier. It's your comfort zone is to interview me as opposed to being an interview. But yes, sometime probably in the next three months, we'll get it where you, Kirsten is going to interview me for this show. So all the questions I've asked, you know, 120 guests, you're going to get to ask the same and I'm going to answer them honestly. Maybe, so, 
maybe we can also ask your guests what question or your your listeners maybe you can do like a poll on your instagram or something like that and it's almost like you know how to use social feedback. media it's almost like you know how to get <laughs> we can get engagement. some feedback on specific questions no. that any like maybe we can throw in some new questions no no no, no we will we, we definitely will okay. that, that that's Great. on that's on the docket for uh season three as well we got a lot of creativity happening on the on season three so awesome. kirsten what's what um what would you like to ask me that i can answer for all of you so this is the theme of the episode. Um, but what are your top three goals for 2022? Top three goals for 2022. Mm. Um, uh, launch my second podcast, which is, it's not really a goal because it's happening. So I guess that's not really, that's not like a vision goal, but it's happening. I've, I haven't announced it on here yet. More, more to come soon. Second podcast is coming. But again, like that's kind of an easy answer because it's very short coming in a few weeks. So I think you'd be like visioning. You're like, no, that's not really the thing. Um, for me, my top three goals, um, my, my number one goal is a revenue target, which I'm not going to say here on the podcast because I'm a private company and my own little company, <laughs> but it's, um, I will say the percentage it's, it's doubling what I did this year in revenue. So I'll tell you that double, uh, number two, is to um, maintain and enhance what I'm up to in my fitness and health. So I've shared a little bit about this, but this year, I've shared this on the podcast a couple of times. This year, I have walked at least 10,000 steps since I'm on like a 275-day step streak. We're recording this on December 26, 2021. And I have walked 100,000 steps or more every week in 2021, which equals a little over 50 miles for me. And I want to actually up that a little bit. I don't know how much more I can up that because it takes a little bit of time. Fortunately, I have a, I have a job that I can be on the phone some, but I want to up that a little bit. I'm not sure to what. It's not going to be a ton. And number three, um, my number three is I want to uh, diversify what I do for my business in terms of how I make revenue. So it kind of uh, back to number one more groups, more facilitation, more training work, because that's some of the work that I like doing best. And I'm a big fan of doing the things you love doing, which is why I'm still doing a podcast after 101 episodes. And I think that's, um, those are my top three goals. You kind of have me on the spot here because I haven't really actually prioritized my stuff. You're judging me, I can tell, because you're like, you should really know your top three goals, but um, no, 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 no. I mean, you've got a few more days to get your vision written. Yeah, I guess so. Um, do you have any other questions that I can answer? Um, because that was quick. I mean, any, anything <laughs> within reason. What's what's the uh, what's something outside of your comfort zone that you want to improve this in twenty twenty two? Yeah. Um. The I mean, the easy answer is visioning and goal setting, but I want to go to something because we've already kind of gone down that route. I like a theme. Yeah, this I like a theme, a theme, but that's kind of... This is the theme to today's episode. It's a theme. It's the vision, this is a vision episode. Um, outside of my comfort zone. Oh, I've got it. I want to invite some people to the podcast that I think will say no. Based on who they are, number of followers, that sort of thing. And I've already started this process a bit. And I know it's only a matter of time until some of these people say yes. Some of these people are real life, a list famous that I'm going to invite. Some of them are more 
your favorite influencers, but they're great, hilarious influencers that you probably know the couple people I'm talking about. And then I just have some, uh, some business people that I want to invite really probably more for my other podcast. That's a, uh, specifically focused on business. And I want to invite some people there and see, and, and say like, oh, they probably, the, the, the way I know it's uncomfortable is when my mind says, oh, they're not going to say yes. I'm going to invite them anyway and not take it personally and not be attached to the outcome. Cause I get attached. I'm like, oh, you should be on my show. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, why would you say no to this? So those, yeah, that's something that's outside of my comfort zone that I am going to get better at. Cause that's a thing with practice. I will get better at. So one of my big <clears throat> tips, um, for visioning is to, I always put in my vision that I will fail at at least something, because if you're failing at something, yeah. you're thinking bigger than what, what is possible. Yeah. Um, and so I would encourage everybody to think about something you're failing at. And again, you know, I, I recommend, you know, figuratively writing your vision in pencil, not pen, because you can always, uh, edit, adapt, change. You don't have to do a goal all the way through if you change your mind and you don't want to. So, yeah. um, you know, literally you can write your vision any way you want to, but you know, it's, it's, it's adaptable. Yeah. That's a good point. Some people feel, and I think this is kind of my thing too, is, uh, people with an, um, not, uh, an adverse reaction to goal setting. I know this is how it is for me. And I've talked to a lot of other people. Part of it is my personality is if I say it out loud to somebody, I really need to do it. And therefore I don't like to say it or put it down because then it feels like if I don't do it, it's failure. And there's obviously a, there's a good reframe there of it's adaptable. It's flexible. Things change. You know, I think of, uh, you know, I, I think of the, probably the greatest example. Of this is Robin Shaw with her very viral video where she's like, here's my goals for 2020. And because of COVID, she didn't hit any of them and actually made her quite, you know, she's quite famous in the comedy space now. She's a friend of a friend of a friend. So, you know, like not too far away. Robin's actually somebody that I want to have on the show this year. And I'm, I'm working to make that happen. She's amazing. But well, I, lo I love her. Yeah, I know you do. I, my 2020 vision also did not, the only thing in my 2020 vision that happened was having a baby. Yeah. growing and having a baby everything else my theme for 2020 was adventure and i wanted I to travel a ton i wanted There's to other take ways to our daughter adventure i wanted to take our daughter on business trips show her that mommy can do it all and we got grounded so yeah. um yeah my 20 i i am the same i am just not public or funny so i didn't make a viral video but, yeah well yeah. The, the one thing i will say that def that was funny. That was on our vision for 2020 is that I would spend, I think one week, a quarter in the Catskills by myself. I spent a lot more than a, one week, a quarter in the Catskills, none of it by myself. <laughs> so yeah, like created another human. Funny how that works out. Like... Got a dog. Actually that's 2021. But anyway, yeah. enough about me, Kirsten, this show is about you. So something different than you've answered already. What's something that you're passionate about? Besides your husband. Uh, I think this is kind of a boring answer, but I would say our kids. Yeah, of course. I'm very passionate about our kids and creating a fun, adventure-filled life, even in a, you know, quarantine-grounded state. Um, so, I don't, I don't, we haven't, we, we try to have fun adventures, you know, as much as possible, even if it's just, like, picking pine cones up in the yard or creating scavenger hunts or 
going on walks, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. But that's what that, I would say. Our kids is like my biggest passion, but yeah. it's also like the thing that takes up the most brain space for me. Yeah. Um, et cetera. But what's cool about that is the young, having young kids for all the parents listening, you know, this like kids don't, of course they want to go to Disney world, but they don't really care. They don't, they don't know the difference. They want like go on a nature walk or, you know, just share it's we're recording this right after Christmas. We introduced our daughter for the first time to home alone. She sat in the living, you know, and our daughter's almost six. She sat in the living room and just cackled uncontrollably first time. So for her, that's an adventure is a new fun movie that I actually was thinking about. I watched it when I was in junior high. So, cause that movie came out in 1990. So yeah, like it, I think the theme there is like adventures can be anywhere, especially when you have young kids. I think as kids get older, that becomes a lot harder to do. And they become a lot more annoying about like the things that they have to do in order to have fun. But it, at the age our kids are at, like they're just they're just happy to be with us and it, it find something new, which is really fun. And yeah, you're a masterful adv- undiv- adventure. Yeah, they just want undivided attention. Adventure is definitely a theme of my life, yeah. um, and something that I try to pull in in any capacity. Um, and also just, you know, language is power. So calling things adventure for our daughter is exciting to her versus saying, we're going to go on a walk. She's like, that's not fun for me. We're going to go on an adventure walk and we're going to collect things. And I want to see how, how many rocks you can find, how many leaves, how many different leaves, leaf species we can find, et cetera. Um, so I always try to reframe, but language is power, even with little ones. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm passionate about creating adventures, big and small. So what's the thing that you are most proud of then? I mean, I don't know if this is another boring answer, but I would say our family, our, our life, our lifestyle, uh, what we've accomplished in, what is it? Almost 14 years. The 14 years, uh, thir- no, 13 years. We were married in May of 2009. And no, I know, but I was thinking. Oh, how long have you been together for? We got together. 15 years. I think it's been. We met in June in of 20. June. We met in June of 2007. Yeah. So 15 years. So yeah. almost 15 years. Yeah. Um, and like, I certainly had no path of this. Like I really thought when I moved to New York city and actually today is my 17 year anniversary of moving to I know, it's crazy. New York. <laughs> we haven't been in the city in a little bit, but, um, when I moved to New York city 17 years ago, I thought I would be in New York city for five years. And then I thought I would move back to the Midwest and like settle down and get married. So like when I was thinking about this as a 22 year old, that is what I was thinking. Like I'm gonna have my five years in New York city and it's been almost 17 or it's been 17. Um, yeah, obviously we're on a little bit of a hiatus from New York city, but we will be back. Yeah. My heart is still definitely there. Oh yeah. (laughs) For those who are watching YouTube, you can see the theme of our office is New York city. So yeah. um, my job is there, et cetera. Well, one thing that's interesting about your plan versus mine, because I moved to New York City, I guess it was um, three months after you. We didn't know each my, other. My birthday. I moved in you on moved your birthday, on my birthday in 2005. So it was three months. So I'm celebrating my 17th. But I moved and mine was the opposite of you. Mine was like, I don't want to be where I'm from anymore. This isn't aligned. To, no, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like, I, this, it just, I wanted something different. And so I moved to New York. I'm like, I think this is my forever home. Like based on what I know to the, about this, either this is my forever home or I'll have like multiple, like I, 
live in Europe or something. So for me, I had the opposite. I never, I never once thought to myself, oh, I'm going to go try this for a few years and then move back to Minnesota. I was like, yeah, I'm probably never going to come back to Minnesota full time, which is exactly what happened. I mean, once I got to New York, I knew I was not leaving. Yeah. Like, but I think the, the process and the plan of getting there, I was, I gave myself an out. Um, yeah. Did you think that you would like get married, have kids in the city, like all of that? Or was that not? I never thought about it. You I was bachelor, bachelor friend. No, I mean, like, no, not, I mean, sure. That would have been great too. There's many times now when that's, I'm sure. there's many times now where that sounds quite delightful. No offense, but I never like thought about it. I'm just, I've, I've always been somebody I let life come to me kind of. So I, I never thought like my plan is to do this and then meet somebody. It was just like, oh, this happened to work out. Like, that's just kind of how my personality is, which is also why I think there's an aversion to goal setting. Cause it kind of works out for me without having to do that. But I think that's my next level is to do that as well. So yes, my answer is I never thought about, oh, well, I want to move and by this day do this, by this day by do this. I was more like, let me get to New York. And I had a job, I moved with my job. Let me move with my job to New York and then I'm going to see how it plays out and it actually played out extremely well. So that's that was kind of how it went for me. And here we are in a podcast, December 26, 2021. You never know where life's going to take you. You're like, yes, you're going to be interviewing your wife on your podcast on your 101st episode. I'll be like, what are no, I don't know what any of those things even mean. Well, I mean, I don't think podcasting existed when, when we moved to the city. So. No. All right. So, Kirsten, what's something that you're afraid that might actually be true about you? So this is, I'm, I'm curious on your answer. What I wrote when I prepped this is I'm not afraid of the truth. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not afraid of the truth. Like, I've. It, you actually know this about me. I cannot lie. Like I live in truth. Um, I, I don't lie to myself and I certainly cannot lie to anybody's face. Like that is literally not in me. That's and true. Even if I try, I get caught. It's like way too obvious. It's like, you want to play poker with Kirsten. Try, try. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I can't play poker cause I can't lie. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even think about this because I'm not like the first thing that I thought of was I'm not afraid of the truth. I live for the truth. Right. So let me reframe this for you a little bit. Um, which is, this is so perfect for this answer for you because this is you, some people, this is very easy that you're going to struggle with this based on what you just shared and who you are. What's something about your personality that you know to be true that you're unwilling to admit like something about your, you're like, oh, I realize that I know that I'm not blankety blah, blah, or that you believe about yourself that you're afraid to admit to yourself or to admit to anybody else. Um, the, I mean, <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind was my, I have a terrible memory, mm -hmm. hence preparation and Google Docs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be hard. It's hard for me to even like come up with something because I suck at, mem at memory and I don't know why. Um, it's so true. But the way that I get around it is every I write as much as I can down and I'm organized and I have very strong digital organization to help me get there. But um, yeah. 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 I, 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 I don't even know if I can dig that deep because I don't know if there's enough memory. This is so, this is so perfect. And it's such a good example of how, wildly opposite we are in this. We were talking about this yesterday with Kirsten's mom, who's with us right now about how both her and her mom could literally watch like 30 to 40 minutes of a movie 
and be like, oh, wait, I've seen this before. And for me, you could show me a list of the thousands of movies I've seen, and I could tell you in a split second if I've seen it or not, and it's likely that I would probably know who was in it, might know the year it came out, and probably know the director and if it won any awards. So, but I actually have a bad memory for other things, but for other reasons, but you just don't have a good memory for most anything is kind of, but you have a, you've created a good system to take care of it. So maybe the thing, so the way this question usually goes is people go, oh, I, I'm afraid that I have a terrible memory. And then my next question, which is not given to my guests, I call this my therapy question is what do you do to compensate for that? And so for you, what you do to compensate is you set up structure in your life, um, specifically around digital and organization. You know that there's one thing that I will challenge you on about being digitally organized, and that is your email, because it's another place where Kirsten and I are opposites. Is I'm a zero inbox person, and when I look at Kirsten's browsers or her email, I I I, I need to run away. I need to I need to go and breathe heavy. But it works Here's for you. Situation. But it works for you. I can't keep up with the volume. Yeah, and it works for you. I know there's a lot of executives out there who cannot keep up with the volume, and totally. so I do my absolute best, but I have also systems in place for very important things to make yeah. sure I don't miss them. But, um, I've had to create systems yeah. for myself to compensate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say I can't remember anything. No. I, I can remember things, but like, you know, if you ask me on the spot to remember a specific detail or something I need to know, like, I, I don't know if I could. I think the best way I could describe it is you do a really good job of, prioritizing what gets brain space mm -hmm. and mine is much more of a it just gets brain space whether i choose I, I don't choose it it just kind of like the things and i don't know if this how it goes but i think this is just also the way we're like i don't know if it's a male female thing or just the way we're wired but you're like very like oh i'm gonna catalog that because it's really important and i'm like i'm gonna catalog that because i like it and i think that's the difference is i catalog things and like oh i love movies and i love television so i'm gonna catalog that you're more like oh is that gonna be important to me like having being good at my job and like taking care of our family, which I do some of that, but you just have a really, I think you have a really good brain and I don't think you do it consciously. I think it's a subconscious thing where you just, you either catalog it away. Or you're like, this is not important. Just literally throw it out. So it's, it's, it's like, as a computer, the way you're processing things, just very different yeah. to me. It's cool. Yeah. Um, but I also don't, you know, like movies and TV aren't of a lot of importance to me. So right. I don't, you know, I don't yeah. spend a lot of time watching them. I don't right. spend any time memorizing lines. Do never ask me to memorize a line from something. Yeah, that that's true. That is just not happening. Yeah. No, that's actually not true. If I asked you about Mean Girls right now, you would definitely know some lines. Well, I, I mean, won't test like you. A, a couple, but like not really. Yeah. There's very few movies where I could like, Yeah. you know, Pretty Woman, I could name a few lines. Sure. Mean Girls, maybe, but like not, not much more. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kirsten, we're going to start to wrap up here today. And next question, I'm excited to hear your answer on this one. How do you see the world? I mean, I, do, I feel like, you know, how would you answer for me? I would say you see the world filled with possibility and ideas and, um, I wouldn't say positivity, like some people like positivity. I wouldn't describe it as like positive. I would just say the, the best way I would say you see the world is filled with, filled with possibility that it gets created through a combination of um, the hard work showing up and then just like knowing that and then trust in the universe or God or whatever that thing is. That's how I think you would answer that. 
So, yes, and to go to your improv world, um, I do think I see it positive. I'm a glass half full or overly full. I, I try to see positive first. Yeah. Um, or I like to see positive first. Um, but I'm, you know, also a human with fear, so I can be skeptical. But yes. I, I would say my first instinct is positivity. Yeah. But if there's any, you know, tingling of fear, like... I'm out. Yeah, you you, re, you run a lot quicker when you feel fear than than I do. Yeah, but I'm yeah, also like not in a quite subway as car, Yeah, yeah. Like for example, Jason and I see the subway very differently. In a subway car, if like something is shady to me, like I just move cars immediately. Yeah, you will stay there yeah. forever, even if a fight is going down. Like I'm out. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'll if, I'll get off the car and wait for the next train. Like I don't care. Like that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think there's you will not do that. Yeah, I think no. I mean. If there's a fight on the subway car, I'm probably moving. <laughs> but I think the difference is you're like a hope for the best. I'm a hope for the best plan for the worst kind of person. So if I'm seeing something, I'm like, I hope this goes well, but I'm also calculating what are my next moves. I think where you like, you're not so much of a calculate the next move. You're more like my move is to go away from this thing. And I'm more like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to have plans. And there's nothing wrong with any of it. It's just like, again, like a wiring thing of the way our brains work. Yeah. All right. Kirsten, this is going to be shared on social media. Okay. So people are going to want to connect with you, I'm sure. Talk travel, share war stories about me if they know me, get the deets. <laughs> How can people connect with you? So as has already been discussed, I am private on social media, but uh, you can find me on LinkedIn <laughs> by my name, Kirsten Frizzell. Uh, you can find me on social media, but I probably won't accept you unless we know each other. So, um, but if you, if you usually connect with Jason, he sometimes reshares my stories or my posts. Um, but yeah, if I, I would say find me on LinkedIn under my name. You can, you can put a link there for that. Babe, how about this? If somebody wants to connect with you, they can say that, hey, I heard your episode on the podcast. I'd like to connect with you. Would you allow then? Then it's a shared connection. Would you then connect with them? Yeah. Perfect. LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to me. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all three. I'm challenging the Facebook and Instagram. Plus, Kirsten's really good on Instagram. Your reels and the stuff you do is like funny. So it's all our kids. Yeah, but they're funny and music and <laughs> okay. yeah, it's good stuff. All right, Kirsten, thank you so much for being on. We did it. Episode 101, we didn't get to fight. Amazing. We did it. I feel like you wanted a fight for like a little bit of a Dax Christian story. Maybe a, I, I feel like maybe you went into bit. this wanting a fight. I mean, we do some of our best work where there's a little bit of more tension than this, but it's still pretty good. At least that's how it is for me. But you're like, nah. you're like, oh, hell no. How about when I get to interview you? I'm sure there won't be a fight. <laughs> no, pro I'm, I'm totally down for it. All right, babe. Um, leave us with some words to wisdom and these words of wisdom should fit on a post-it note. What do you got for us? And you've, by the way, you've already dropped like, I'm always, you've already dropped like four or five, like great, like words of wisdom. So I'm, sh I'm interested to see what you can come up with. Cause you've already dropped a bunch of good stuff. Okay. Well, this is a little bit similar, but I was going to say, grab the pen, write your story and edit along the way. Grab your pen, write the story, edit along the way. Write your own, write, write your, your own, own story. story. Edit along the edit. way. Yeah. All right, Kirsten. Thank you so much for being on. Bye. Bye. See you at home in a few minutes. See you at home in a few minutes. <laughs> this this is this is a this is a, a first time on the podcast to be like, 
I'll see you in like 20 minutes after I go to the store. I'll, 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 the list will be on any list. The list will be on any list. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.